Welcoming to this episode of the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Ben alongside my sister Paige. And today we have an amazing episode for you. We continue to provide you all of our thoughts on the hottest and latest NFL news trends around training camp. We dive into some of our favorite preseason games that are upcoming. And then we do a draft of the things that we liked as kids that we now hate as adults. Hopefully, Paige this time doesn't choose something as controversial as dogs. <laughs> That's here next on the His and Hers podcast. All right, Paige, I mentioned it a little bit in the opening, but uh, you have made some enemies. Uh, people I work with, not stoked about your dog selection. You have, you have three and a half seconds to defend yourself. I never said I hated dogs. I said that people who had indoor dogs don't like them as much as they think they do. There you go. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Dogs are great. We'll leave it up to the court to decide <laughs> the, the verdict there. So we have, you know, the NFL is at that place where the excitement has reached the most that it can before games are actually started to be played this weekend, moving into. The regular season, we are just under a month away from the NFL opening game between uh, the Chiefs and the Lions. And we are forced this Sunday, it'll be four Sundays away from NFL week one, something that I call Christmas morning, uh, even better than Christmas morning. So we are approaching it very quickly. Where would you like to start on the some of the news that we had written up the top 100? I guess I'd be the question I ask you, what was the places they got it right? And where were the places that they got it wrong? I mean, Patrick Mahomes being number one, if there was anyone else there, it just would not have made sense at all. Yeah, that's so, a good, good point. So, you know, it's good to see, like, you know, sometimes these things can come out and you're like, okay, that doesn't seem uh, accurate, but. We love Patrick Mahomes being number one only makes sense. I mean, as major Vikings, Justin Jefferson fans, we love seeing him come in at number two. I honestly was like a little surprised that he was able to climb up that high, especially because um, there's so many like commentators and stuff that don't even put Justin Jefferson as the top receiver in the NFL, let alone top two of all the players in the league. And so um, personally, I love that pick. I think that that's where he deserves, but curious on your take on the top two. Yeah, obviously I am. I think you kind of nailed it on the head. Anyone outside of Patrick, any, anyone but Patrick was being number one would have been a travesty and overlooked by the players. I even think the last couple of years they've overthought it a little bit and have given it to players that aren't named Patrick Mahomes. You know, last year they went with Tom Brady, which I get. It was coming off a Super Bowl, and it was the great Tom Brady. I understand that to a point. But, I mean, this is Patrick Mahomes. He's, you know, it's just clearly he's the guy. He's the face and, of the NFL right now. Yeah. Um, and so I just think that ultimately it's that's what, you know, what is right. And the thought I had on – Justin Jefferson being number two and the number one wide receiver. I just think in a sense, whether you 100% agree with it or not, obviously that's what the players view it as. You have to really respect what he said last year. He was asked that question. I can't remember who by, but he, you know, who's the best receiver in the NFL. He said, well, 
at this moment, I have to give it up to Devonte Adams for, you know, what he's done the last few years, but by the end of the year, they're going to be saying that I am and 128 receptions over 1800 yards and offensive player of the year voted by the NFL. And now, you know, the number one receiver in the NFL, you know, NFL judged by the players, number two player overall, I would say that he, uh, he lived up to his end of the bargain. And that's kind of what that list him falling that high is kind of what that left me with as well. Just really impressive for him to go out there and to prove exactly what he said he was going to do. Yeah. He's, he is who he says he is. So I, it's curious too. Cause I feel like, I don't know. The first three make sense to me. Obviously Patrick Mahomes, Justin Jefferson, Jalen hurts falls in number three. Um, I think it could have been, could have been questioned that Jalen hurts slide into that number two spot after the season that he had last year, um, really propelling the Eagles like forward. But I think the thing that kind of holds Jalen hurts back in a sense of on these top lists is that Jalen hurts has an incredible team around him in the Philadelphia Eagles. It's not like he's like building something out of nothing. Like they have an incredible defense. They have incredible weapons on offense. And so he has a lot of things working in his favor. And obviously what they're doing in Philadelphia is exciting for Philadelphia fan base. Um, so that one on board with, I'm interested in your take on Tyreek Hill making it at number seven in the top 10. Yeah, I think, I think the, that trade with the chiefs and Tyreek worked out is about, about as good as it could for both sides, obviously with the chiefs winning the super bowl and with Tyreek Hill getting paid and then having a monster year of seven, uh, just over 1700 yards. Um, he had a career high of 230, um, as well. I just think, um, he was able to showcase that he's an offense unto himself. And you, you think maybe if there's a little more continuity last year, quarterback, you know, to a not getting hurt, that there's a potential that he, you know, could have overtaken Jefferson, Jefferson, some of those uh, stats, but overall, you know, he's just very dynamic. He, you know, completely tilts the field when he's out there. And I think that year over year players and, and you know, fans alike are really starting to understand it, it wasn't just Patrick Mahomes that definitely helped him in his success, but, he is, you know, he was able to succeed last year when they trotted out three for sure different quarterbacks, and it may have reached four with how many injuries that they had to deal with last year. So I find it pretty impressive, and I and I don't think it's really too high. I think he lands exactly where he should be on that list. Um, Josh Allen landing in at number eight. Uh, the only the only argument I'll make is that I think he would have been a little bit higher if the pardon my take episode had been released prior to the voting. It's true. Did you hear the amazing joke that he dropped on them and then Mike dropped off the set? Oh, the room 40. You're eating room 40. I've been trying to say that I got to use it at work. So I got to make sure I use this before any of my coworkers (laughs) potentially listen to this because it was very smooth. Sounds like a restaurant and it was room 40's nuts in your mouth. It was perfectly done. (laughs) Well executed from top to bottom. I mean, impressive, Josh Allen. uh, You know, I think that that's probably rated to the last couple of years that uh, Joe Burrows had. I do think, uh, I do think there's a little bit of concern to have in terms of, I mean, not concern, but the weight that the players put on winning. Because if you look at the totality of what they do, I really do think Josh Allen's probably a better quarterback in terms of what he provides to the team. But Joe Burrow is starting That's to gain an interesting this take. I just think that Joe the, Burrow's Joe Burrow's had two successful seasons with literally no O line to support him. 
No O-line, sure, but the defense really phenomenal in the playoffs in the points per game that they give up. I mean, you look at that Chiefs game, they held the Chiefs down the majority of that second half, and Joe Burrow just had to have a drive in the second half and, and didn't put together. I'm not taking anything away from him, but if you gave me both, I would take Josh Allen over Joe Burrow every time. I just think he, he if he if he was placed in the Cincinnati situation with T Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd, and obviously Jamar Chase, and then with that defense, the, I think the results would be better. Uh, personally, I, that's how I kind of view it. So you don't think you don't think that Josh Allen has considerable talent on his side? Uh, if you take away Stephon Diggs from that receiving core. That's it's a bottom five receiving core in the NFL. Stephon Diggs is really, really good, but we I think we often overthink how good of a supporting cast he has because of that one player. I think in totality, it's actually pretty mediocre. Uh, Dalton Kincaid that they picked up from Utah should help that and be a big support for um, Josh Allen. But his dynamic ability to run the football is way more than what Joe Burrow can do. And he can throw the ball as well as Joe Burrow can, if not better, depending on the type of throw that you're asking to do. Yeah. He's also had less injuries and it's a little bit less worrisome when it comes to Josh Allen. Yeah. I mean, outside the major knee surgery that Joe Burrow had his first year, you're right. I I think maybe Josh Allen's got to kind of change how he plays a little bit, but. Overall, I would I, I I stand by that. I would take Josh Allen. No, sorry, I was saying I was saying that Josh Allen has less injury than Joe Burrow does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can agree. So with you there. there's he's also got that working for him. Were there any surprises for you? The entire list of people that did not make it. Uh, oh, hit you with a question you did not see. I wasn't I wasn't ready for this question, so I'm trying to think through it. I'll give um, you two, I'll give you two. Okay. Well, I'll give you one. I was surprised, kind of, to not see Daniel Jones on the list. It seems like Daniel Jones is a really respected quarterback across the league. Not that I necessarily think he's a top 100, but I thought it was interesting after the hype and the stuff that he's starting to get going into this year that it wasn't viewed the same way by some of the players. The second one that I thought was really impressive was Sauce Gardner. First year ever, you know, first year completed, and he finds himself number 23 overall on the top 100. So quite a debut for the young fella um, out of Cincinnati. So those are my two thoughts kind of on the list. is One, a player that everyone thinks is sort of ascending, not even making the cut, and then a first-year player making all the way to the top 25. Yeah, I mean, what do you think about Aaron Rodgers landing at number 51? I think it's fair because it was a pretty mediocre overall year. So I don't think it was uh I don't think it was anything disrespectful. I think it I think they hit him right where he's properly rated right now, personally. I would I would honestly say like my biggest confusion on uh the top 100 this year was uh Lamar Jackson landing at 72. And I'm sure oh. that, that has that has things to go into terms of like him having some injuries and not playing the entire season. But I still just find it shocking that the players would put Lamar Jackson that far down when regardless of the injuries he's had, when Lamar Jackson is on the field, he's an incredible threat. He's incredible, like weapon on that offense. And he's a different style of quarterback than any other quarterback in the league. And so there's still so much excitement about Lamar Jackson and what he can do. And so I think that that is honestly still my biggest, like, 
question mark over the entire list is Lamar Jackson in 72, like not even in the top half just blows my mind. Yeah. And the one that I found to be the most confusing personally, and now I'm a massive Justin Jefferson fan. So I think he'll, he's the best receiver in the NFL, but Jamar chase, his brother from LSU being 39. I know that he missed five games, but he still caught more, um, you know, more passes in his second year. So his volume and looks per game were up. He had almost 11 targets per game in 2022. Find it strange. I think it was a little bit of an overreaction to a hip issue that he had. And I just kind of find it confusing that he dropped all the way down to the 40s. Because in my opinion, with his game-breaking ability, you wouldn't find 38 players that would you know, change an outcome of a game quite like, like he does. So I, I found that kind of funny uh, and probably the one that I, I disagreed with the most personally. Sometimes it just makes you wonder if uh, like when players are voting, they just forget about some people and everyone just assumes they're like, yeah, that person will get voted for. And then they don't. <laughs> it's true. Like I, I, I wonder how they do it because everything I see, it's like the top 10 and I'm like, how did they, how does this all kind of shake out? You know, because I mean, not many players would want to sit there, go zero to 100 because obviously things are going to be missed. So it's kind of kind of weird. So moving off of that, I wanted to ask your opinion uh, out of some significant news from 49er camp. And I have a lot of people work 49er gangbang. Nick Bosa is still not there. It's been two weeks. Uh, He obviously is the best player. On the team, I think he finished, I think he was number four on the top 100, if we if we dial back to that. Yeah, he was number four, so obviously properly rated in the league. He is, you know, if he's anything like his brother, Joey Bosa, he's probably looking to be the highest played defensive player, highest paid defensive player in the league. What do you think of it? And uh, what do you think of him holding out for the first two weeks? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You see players do this. There's always a few players every season that are waiting out on contracts and they're not at training camp and things like that. I think the interesting thing with the Nick Bosa situation is like, he's really a huge like element, obviously of that entire team. And so for him to not be at training camp, it's like, it might not seem like a big issue, but I do think that there's an element of like, when you don't have that leadership in your locker room, when you were have, you're bringing a new team together and you're trying to mesh these guys into a working system. Um, not having one of your main leaders there, I think can really throw a wrench in the development, especially early season. So I think it can end up having a, a impact on the beginning of the season. I mean, maybe he'll show up tomorrow and they'll end up getting through like preseason with him and everything will shake out fine. But I think depending on how long this lasts, it could have a serious impact on the team holistically and how, the team gels together. I know Shanahan in press conference today said that he wasn't stressed at all because he knows that Bosa will be there when he's ready and that he's like, that they'll just, everything is just kind of going. And so obviously that's kind of what you expect a coach to say. You're not going to get a coach that just goes up there and says like, yeah, everything's falling apart and we're going to die without him. But um, I do find it interesting. I do think that you'll see like a slight impact of that um, in the beginning of the season as the team is developing. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, one of the quotes that I laughed about was when Kyle Shanahan was asked about this uh, just yesterday, I believe. And the comment was, I don't know if Bosa's ever done camp, and he's done pretty good. 
whether that's injury or I think his rookie year, he was holding out for a little bit to get some specific terms kind of outlined on it, you know, and COVID obviously played a role in that too. So I do think that he is worth the money. There's been enough time since the, you know, the ACL tear back-to-back years now or in rookie years. So three to four years, he's been fully healthy and really DN start to hit their prime in their late to mid to late twenties. So you're looking at a, a deal that's going to be continuing not to be a burden, but needed to show its value. Uh, so I don't think it's a matter if, just when. And the closer you get to September 10th, you know, the more urgency there's going to be for the Niners. You know, I think Bosa truly uh, is a guy who's in, in phenomenal shape. That's really never a problem for him. And so he's kind of got it all on his side, minus the money that he's losing every day. Uh, he he uh, has a lot of the leverage because obviously the team's going to want him back uh, to get off to a good start this year, as opposed to letting the season slip away early. Some other exciting updates. I mean, obviously training camps happening around the league. We're seeing a little bit of a quarterback controversy. I mean, as much as it can be a controversy in Tampa Bay with Buccaneers, Who's your pick between Trask and Mayfield um, sliding into that starting QB position? Uh, if I was a Bucks fan, how I view it is I just want to see Kyle Trask. I mean, Baker Mayfield's already been retread once with the Carolina Panthers and had a good amount of weapons over there and wasn't able to get it done. Obviously, his stint in Cleveland didn't you know end very well. He and did so, get a lot of commercials out of it, though. He made a lot of money. Uh, so if I was if I was a Bucks fan, I would view it as let me just see what Kyle Trask is. We're probably going to be bad anyway. Let's see if we have any type of quarterback. If we don't, we can you know pick one next year. Let's not trot out a guy who at best is a first round playoff win, second round playoff exit, and at worst is a divisive you know wild card of a quarterback. Why go with something that's already a proven commodity and not try out something that you know? You may may have some chances are slim, but if you don't have it, you're picking your quarterback of the future next year anyway. So that's how I view it. So I really don't think it be, should be much of a controversy, but I don't know what your thoughts of it are. No, I agree. I feel like at this point, I think everything's starting to get flushed out in other things. And so the teams that nobody really cares about are now being talked about because we've talked to death all of the other uh, tracks. And so... Obviously, it's got to be, I don't know, it's always interesting. Football, I mean, we talk about this all the time of how the NFL is like, it's crazy the turnover that happens every single year and how different the landscape is year over year. Because it's like, I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go from nothing to all of a sudden Tom Brady's joining them. They win a Super Bowl, Tom Brady leaves. And now it's like, okay, we are back literally to square one where well, that's we have so the, nothing. So that I've said this before, but that's what makes football the most intriguing professional sport because you know right now what teams are going to be competing for an NBA championship next year. There's not any up-and-coming teams that are going to surprise you, okay? In the NFL, even last year, as is a perfect example, yes, people had the Eagles as like a sleeper, uh, sneaky good team. You know, I remember listening to podcasts, a lot of people hitting the over on their win total when it comes to betting and stuff. There weren't very many people saying that this was, you know, the best team in the NFC going to, you know, make a run because just the year before, 
Jalen Hurts went into Tampa Bay, speaking of Tampa Bay, and got absolutely, you know, torched by that team and by that defense. And so, like, you know, going back to the thought that the NFL is so popular is because every single year you truly don't know who is going to flip things around and get hot at the right time. And so, yeah, I just think that, so like the reason I birthed this all up is because the Bucks are so annoying because they are the worst team in NFL history. If you look at one percentage, the single worst in the Super Bowl era, but they have two Super Bowls. Okay. I'm a Vikings fan. You're a Vikings fan. We're like top six winning percentage in the Super Bowl era. We have zero. So that's what's annoying about football, but it's also what's amazing about football is that every single year be your year. And that's what I will say every single year. You just never know what you're going to get. Was that um, beautiful? That, that was, was beautiful. beautiful. Round of applause. Um, other exciting news that I think, obviously, last week we had a lot of talk around the Colts, obviously, with the Jim Ursay comments or surrounding Jonathan Taylor. Um, and this week coming out that Kareem Hunt and Anthony Barr are both visiting the Colts facility on Wednesday are looking to sign at those facilities. So your take on that whole situation, obviously Jonathan Taylor still out with an ankle injury. He hasn't been in um, since last week into any training camp stuff. Um, what's your take on that whole situation and then bringing in Kareem Hunt? Um, yeah, I think that they're probably just looking for some assurance uh, on their backfield to hopefully um, you know, if this holdout or whatever's going on, John Taylor persists, or if they end up trading him, uh, that they have a, a veteran backup to go to. Uh, this is kind of a random question based off that. So that's the AFC West with the Colts, the Jaguars, Texans, um, and space and one Colts, Jaguars, Texans, and Tennessee Titans. Is that the worst division or is the NFC uh, South? the worst division, the Saints, the Bucks, uh, the, the Atlanta Falcons, and then the, who am I missing that one? The Bucks, the Falcons, the Saints, and the Panthers. Panthers. Yes. Which one of those two divisions? Are worst? I mean, I think if you look them holistically, there might be an argument either way, but I think because the AFC is so stacked, that the AFC is going to feel so much worse just because of the caliber of other teams in the AFC. So it's like NFC. Yeah. Like do those teams suck? But I also think there's a lot of teams in the NFC that those like teams could win on. Whereas in the AFC, it's like, I don't see those teams being able to beat the other, like the other team, the other 12 teams that are absolutely crushing it. You know, it's a fair point. I, I that's why I think that, Either the NFL Rookie of the Year is going to be Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson. Or, uh, you know, you could say C.J. Stroud, too, because two of them play in the same division. And that division, I mean, the Jaguars are the be- are, are being said to be the best team, but we it's the Jaguars. Until we see it repeatedly, it's kind of like the Lions, okay? And so I think the Bryce Young has a really good chance as a number one pick that that Panthers team was in a lot of games last year, a lot of the same guys coming back. Uh, and so I don't know. I just random thought I was just thinking about the worst divisions in the league. And those two are, I think are, are one, a one B as the worst. Division. So 
something unique I saw, Paige. I, I don't know if you know Derek Carr is on. Oh, the no, this is my favorite storyline. This is my okay. favorite storyline going in the NFL Go. season. Oh, this, the, oh, the single. This. Okay. It's amazing. Okay. Derek go ahead. Carr. Listen, Derek Carr, the first quarterback in NFL history that could possibly break the record of losing to 31 different teams. He's currently sitting at having lost to 30. The only teams he hasn't lost to are the Raiders, who was his previous team, and the Panthers. And this year, he'll be facing the Panthers twice. Um, they don't have any change to play the Raiders unless that happens in the off season, in this postseason. But um, obviously, there's no other the so other the nine quarterbacks. The other, <laughs> yeah, the other nine quarterbacks who have uh, lost 30 games are all retired. So. Derek Carr is currently the only person that could possibly break this record. And I really want him to. So I'm really looking forward to that loss against the Panthers. <laughs> I mean, Derek if, you have to, if you have to, if you can't career. be the best, if you can't be the best at something, then make yourself the best at the worst aspect of the thing that you're good at. That was the most confusing sentence of all time. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, look, Derek Carr has been a weird quarterback because he's never really won. Minus two years and outside those two years, there always was a reason, you know, an excuse built into why he wasn't winning. And so he was able to start for a very long time. Very weird how that all happened. I know it's, it's funny how some quarterbacks in the NFL are able to sneak by and stay a starting quarterback for a lot longer than other people get the opportunity to do so by putting the same exact thing. So to kind of move into this weekend with the preseason games, we have CJ Stroud starting on Thursday against the New England Patriots. You know, him, Bryce Young has been mentioned by Frank Reich is going to get some some first team looks. For this weekend, who are you looking forward? Is there any games you're looking forward to watching? Uh, anything that you got your eye on for the first weekend of preseason? I mean, I think when obviously watching the Vikings just getting back in football is my main focus, but I am very, very excited to see CJ Stroud on the field. I think obviously there's always a lot of buildup around these like uh, draft picks, especially those drafted early. And I'm just really excited to see like, I mean, the Texans, they made some moves during the draft, right? I mean, they, they get CJ Stroud and then they move up and they like, they're making all of these adjustments so that they can be higher in the draft picks and they got some really awesome weapons. And so I'm just kind of excited to see those rookies um see what they can do in their first initial preseason game and just kind of giving us a glimpse into what we can expect this season yeah you have uh there's a few different and you know with the preseason now being three games it's hard to gauge and there's a lot of new school coaches who just don't play the guys in the preseason like for the vikings it was always kind of a mystery last year what o'connell will do in the in the starters the main guys didn't play a single snap last year, so looks to be more of the same for this coming uh, postseason for the Vikings fans. But it is always interesting to see what kind of looks you know a lot of these teams are going to give. And so on, uh, let's see, on Sunday or Saturday, you could have your first look at the number one overall pick, New York Jets, playing the Carolina Panthers at four. That's the one I always just like watching that first guy. You know, I think Bryce Young's a really interesting prospect from the fact of how small and slight he is compared to traditional NFL quarterbacks. And so it's going to be really interesting to see how quickly he's been able to pick it up. Obviously, you know, Adam Thielen's over there. They have a few different weapons that they've brought on. 
uh, end with Andy Dalton uh, as the backup. So I don't know. I always like watching those those first round picks. You obviously have the Tennessee Titans and Will Levis who ended up falling. Uh, so you have a few different interesting. Some yeah, of and on the with the with the Tennessee Titans, one storyline. I'm I Mike Faber is one of my favorite coaches in the NFL. I just think he's so incredible. But um, one storyline that's kind of fun for Tennessee Titans is that he's actually stepping aside and letting one of his coaches, Terrell Williams, be the head coach for the season the preseason opener game to kind of give him um, some experience head coaching in the NFL. And so I think that's kind of cool. A little nod to like his team. You can see that Fabril is like kind of built into not only like getting his team to victory, but also like empowering his players and his coaches. And so I'm kind of excited to see what that looks like, even though we won't really notice much of a difference. It'll be kind of fun to see that he'll be able to put that on his resume. No, that is really cool. I, yeah, outside of that, I think there's a you know a few things uh, on the Viking side that I'm really excited for. But around the league, it's just really cool to see a weekend football. You know, just a very beautiful sight to behold, and just kind of checking out some of those initial draft picks and how they perform in the uh, in the early part of the season uh, or of the preseason. So, outside of that, obviously the best encapsulation of the preseason is in hard knocks. First episode came out last night. We're going to be watching it. We both decided that we're weak and didn't want to watch all of it and then record. And so we recorded what was going on, but I'm very excited to watch the Aaron Rodgers dynamic and to see how, you know, how he's been gelling. Uh, Cause all the reports coming out have been all, you know, roses and blooming and all of that but it's going to be interesting to see kind of his interactions with the, a lot of his younger teammates uh yeah just watching the i watched like the five minute opener and it just jazzed me up to watch it tomorrow at a more decent hour so yes yes exactly <laughs> and if you call us weak then i would agree with you we are weak we are weak are there any other uh nfl news or any of the games this weekend before we move into our draft that you want to touch on Paige? No, let's go into the draft. All right. So uh, we do four or five things each. Five. Okay. So five things each. It is things that we liked as a kid that we now hate as an adult. Who went first last time? Did you? It, it was me. So it's your turn. Okay. I wrote down a good list, but I think it's just because it happened today uh, that I'm going to do it. Uh, getting mail. Huh. I remember as a kid getting that like a card or if something came through the mailbox that had your name on it, it was like, holy cow, this is crazy. Uh, Not so much anymore. There's things that come in the mail that I wish I never saw. Okay. Bills and nonstop flyers and more bills. So yeah, uh, obviously that is, uh, you know, maybe getting more dated so much things electronically so you could put like any spam emails but yeah getting mail i just remember being a kid being so excited but now the only thing that comes through is my water you know that's a one one i think it's pretty good okay starting out strong starting out strong uh for my number one i am going to take uh sleepovers oh as a kid good choice i used to get so excited about sleeping at other people's houses about my friends, like begging mom to let me go sleep at so-and-so's house. Now I'm like, you can't pay me to sleep at someone else's house. Like I want to be in my own bed. It's like, yes. I'm like, I never, 
what I remember growing up and hearing like my parents or like other adults talk about how excited they were to sleep in their own bed. It's like after camping, they're like, can't wait to sleep in my own bed. And I'm just like, that is such a weird thing to say. A bed is a bed. And now as an adult, I'm like, no, like I get it. I want to sleep in my own bed. I want to be in my house. I want to have my stuff. Yeah, all true. I couldn't agree with you anymore if I tried. My number two pick is uh, staying home sick. Okay. When you're in a, when you're a kid, it's great. Because the moment, you know, getting sick doesn't want to have happen, but your parents leave. Your, your siblings are gone, got the house to yourself with shows and food and games. It was awesome. Like so much fun to be sick when you're a kid. Now, if you're an adult and you get sick, especially, you know, if you're married with kids, not so much. Yeah. I mean, that's my thing is that's my take is I'm like getting sick for me. Like, yeah, does it like, obviously I don't like to be sick, but a sick day for me means I get to stay at home by myself and watch TV and drink soup. So like I'm vibing. Like I'm, no. I actually, you so, know, sometimes I prefer a sick day. If I don't have yeah, to go to the see? office, no. I, I go to the office, don't have to talk to my coworkers. Great. So I recently had a little battle with strep a couple of weeks ago and I ended up coming home from work early on, uh, I believe it was a Monday and you know, I know to that who gets strep in the summer. I'm, I don't get I don't that. Know. I don't know. I don't know. I have no answer for it. I'm out there licking poles. Um, <laughs> but the kids don't understand because when I'm home, I'm home to play with them, do things or whatever. And, you know, Shelby's trying to get things done. And I don't know. I just feel like I'm like annoyed, like annoying. I'm like, I'm not supposed You're to be there. You're on their habitat. Yeah. And I'm like laying in bed, like a lazy POS, <laughs> just like, uh, complaining about my throat. And so it's just the whole thing is like, it just, it's not the same. And, uh, I wish it was like when I was a kid. Oh, that's it. Hey, well, number two for me, little Debbie snacked. Ah, uh, bad take. No, 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 no. You know, like the little the little snowballs and the oatmeal cream pies. And Delicious. The, I can't remember all the names of those little treats. I used to no, And like the cosmic brownies, <laughs> those I, cosmic brownies. Yes. I remember like I would have done a lot of stuff for mom for a cosmic brownie, because I thought that was the most decadent dessert in the whole world. <laughs> the 4th of July, we had this whole candy station for the kids to pack their little bags for the fireworks. I bit into a cosmic brownie and I was like, this is disgusting. I couldn't finish the bite. I spit it out because I was like, this is not worth the calories. This is gross compared to all the things you could eat, all the desserts in the world, like little Debbie snacks do not hit like they used to. Well, I think that's the difference is, you know, when unfortunately when you become an adult, you got to look at things through the calorie counter in some ways. And, you know, you start putting evaluation on what's worth it and what's not. And, <laughs> I think the oatmeal cream pies are amazing. One of my favorite snacks, but yeah, I'm not going to eat one because it's like a thousand, like 800 calories for one of the big ones. It's just not, it ain't worth it. So. It ain't worth it. All right. My third pick is uh, talking on the phone. Uh, I remember when my sister Demi uh, got a phone in her room and then I would try to call my buddies or crushes and it was awesome having a phone talk on with friends. Do like a little three-way call, get home from school and still hang out the buddies over the phone. That crap was electric. I enjoyed it. But now it's not like I, I dislike it. It's insane. I mean, I really like, unless it's pertinent, I mean, I just, I, 
I don't know, just calling and talking, not my thing. So that'd be pick number three. I'm I'm still a phone chatter. I'll I'm that annoying person that'll just call people up instead of texting them because I'm like, hey, let me just let me just get this answer real fast. Yeah, that is annoying. Um, coming in at three for me, uh, Bill Cosby. As a kid, <laughs> loved the Cosby Show. Thought it was one of the greatest. You know it. Come on, it naked night. Serious? Oh <laughs> That chose to laugh. That's so dark. Night, and then as an adult, you find out that he really sucks. So yeah, Bill Cosby, no longer a love. He has fallen into the hate category. <laughs> that is crazy. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> Just kidding. That was that was good. Thank you. That was good. All righty. Uh, oh, he's he's running list. out of ideas. He's running out of ideas. Pick, is this pick number four? Pick number four. It's kind of, I mean, growing up, you know, I think when you're a kid, like the idea of being old is is really, really cool. And I think like the age I'm at right now, I, if I could pause it, I think this is like, the happiest I've ever been. And I know that happy, but I just like, don't like get the, yourself. Could not get real just, bad. Yeah, it's true. But, but like, I don't care that I'm growing up, but my daughter's growing up sucks. I hate it. It makes me sad. Like we watched monsters Inc. The other day, and boo, take boo back. And I just was like, I remember when my two girls were that little. And, and when they, and when he had, when Sully had to say goodbye, I started to well up. So my eyes start to get moist. So Reagan, f- Reagan, Reagan stole Piper's gab watch and called me the other day while she was in the bathroom. And she told me that uh, she doesn't understand why um, I think that Utah's so cool and I have to hang out in Utah so much. And that I <laughs> should come to Idaho and buy bluey toothpaste and we should brush our teeth together. Well, all right. That sounds like a pretty good, good pretty good plan. So that's a I little, like that's that. Looking at how Reagan's brain works on a weekday. <laughs> Yeah, she's different. She's different. <laughs> Built different. That's it. Okay, coming in at four for coming in at number four for me is buffets. Oh. I growing up, our parents, That's our true. birthday tradition was that our parents would always let us choose. Like on our birthday, we got to go out to dinner somewhere. We'd get to choose where we were going. And there was like a three-year span where I chose Chakarama as my birthday celebration because I was like, you know what? I just, I can eat however many mashed potatoes I want. Like, yes, please. Like, just give me all the mashed potatoes. And now I'm like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if I've just gotten uh, to be snobbier, but buffets disgust me. (laughs) I got taken to a buffet as a gift from a friend that I was visiting down in Mississippi. They want to take me to Golden Corral, really dine me up and say, it's so good to see you again. And I'm sitting in a golden corral being like, I don't want to eat any of this food. This is disgusting. I don't like the people here. I don't like the vibes. I don't like the fact that there's a chocolate stream that people can just stick their hands in any given moment. And you're just That's sharing that germs with other people. And so, yeah, buffets, not the move anymore. I'm like, I would rather have just one little plate of food or I'd rather have me and the people I love sharing plates of food. But please <laughs> do not ask me to share a bunch of food with other humans. Says so the woman who built the charcuterie board for every single event. <laughs> I said loved ones. It's true. <laughs> it put that caveat. 
<laughs> my last one's going to be because uh, I just kind of talked about it with my daughter today. Uh, she has lost two teeth and uh, is working on a third one. And uh, so I think as a kid losing it, and she was excited. And I know this isn't the same for all kids, but I remember being excited when I would lose a tooth. Uh, and so I think as, you know, as a kid, it was fun to lose them, but that would be the worst thing to have happen. Not okay. That's not true, but worst. not a, if I lose a tooth like today, it wasn't a good day. Let's just say that something bad happened <laughs> if I lose a tooth. So I would hate that. So, yeah, I'm going, I don't know why I went so food themed, but uh, my last one is going to be ramen noodles dry. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, dry. Yeah. I think you say ramen noodles. They still are delicious, but no, dry, no, ra- never, ramen, yeah. ramen still yeah. will slap. But um, we used to do this thing where we would take oh, yeah. the dry ramen noodles and we would oh, sprinkle yeah. the seasoning on top and we would just chew on it. And the thought of that now just makes the top of my mouth hurt. And I just don't understand like why I thought that was the best snack in the world. No idea. Also, the amount of sodium that's probably wrecked my body for all eternity. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one's a weird phase. For us, I, probably no one else went through that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that was just a Bennett household thing. And yeah, we used to crush them up and, and eat it. Like, why don't we just put it in a bowl? It, that's a. I'm shocked. Thing I think everyone needs to know Zach. I'm shocked Zach didn't bring up two things that I think that he developed an allergy to because of his obsession with them. But every time I think of Zach, ninety percent of the time I will think about. This giant red and blue bowl that my mom had that was like a salad bowl. And Zach would get home, take a bag of bag salad, pour, dump it in there, and then take an entire canister <laughs> of Italian dressing and squeeze the entire uh, canister onto one bag of lettuce. And it would be like he was eating Italian dressing soup. Yeah, it was bad. Pump it down and it would make the whole basement. He would go downstairs after school and watch TV with his salad and the whole basement would smell like Italian dressing to this day. I cannot stomach Italian dressing because of his addiction. I can't either. I don't remember the last <laughs> time I had it. I, I'm going to make you eat it, that next time. No, we're together. no. On no. the pod, you're going to have to eat it down a whole bottle of Italian dressing in one gulp. I don't even know what to say to that. That sounds <laughs> awful in every way. Never. He also used to make, you know, Duncan Hines brownies. May still mix I would up do the that. liquid, mix up the liquid, not put it. He would just drink it like soup. I would do that tonight. That <laughs> is that that one is awesome. That's just like that's like having cookie dough, but brownie batter. I think I think if you haven't done that, you should do it. <laughs> You're missing out. And then I I developed a thing uh, where I would uh, if mom got cookie dough or if I talked mom into cookie dough, I'd put it onto a pan and then cook it for like five minutes so that it was like hot and like, like firmish, but was still cookie dough. That, that was, that's elite right there. That, that is, that is that, elite. Just you're, like killing hot, a, you're killing a little bit. You're like cooking the eggs a little bit just so that touch. people can't get mad at you. Just a but, touch. I'm telling you, it's an elite, like terribly unhealthy snack. But we love hot, it. Cookie dough, up there in top tier of all desserts. Hot, hot cookie dough will enter a different. Hot, category. hot cookie dough. When Another annoying thing that Zach used to do. This is just turning into all the annoying things Zach used yeah. to do. But Zach also like loved pizza rolls. As who doesn't love pizza Whoa. rolls? 
Oh. And but the problem is, is that he would put like 32 in the microwave and then forget that he put 32 in the microwave. <laughs> and so then 24 hours later, you open up the microwave and there's 32 dried up, scaly looking pizza rolls that never got consumed. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember doing that a number of times. Like I most of the time it would happen where I put it in and then like I was like, oh, I gotta go to something like football or basketball related. And then I would just leave and then come home and be like, oh, I wonder if they're still good because mom would be like, microwave. What's going on? I actually think and- we're we're gonna we're gonna end the pod on this little story because that just reminded me of one of the one of the days I think you actually did that was on a day when he was taking my mom's minivan up to to football practice on two a days and he gets in the van, forgets something in the house. So he jumps oh, out of the van with the van in reverse this and is, runs up the steps of front. Meanwhile, <laughs> the van reverses completely out of the garage. The driver's side door is open. So the garage door rips the, the driver's side door off. It continues to go back. It hits our basketball hoop, goes over top of that. So the basketball hoop messes up the whole engine and then it continues to go down, down the hill and into the grain bins that are like, I don't know, Zach, what do you say? 500 feet from mom's house? I have no this idea. Completely, even... just completely wrecks a minivan by jumping out of it in reverse. And that is when you knew that he had had too much brain damage, too many concussions from our beloved sport of football. I don't even know what to say. I, I did not think that this conversation would end there. But it did. And that story, um, yeah, not my proudest moment. All stemmed from, you want to know what all stemmed from, was that I just, yeah, Demi was home and she was doing laundry. She's the only one home. I go past her. I had some dirty clothes in the van that I was like, oh, this would be great. She's already doing laundry. And I got out. That's all I got out for was to give her clothes that were Trying dirty. Trying to get someone else to do your dirty work and you learned your lesson. It was unbelievable, and and then the oil line was was ripped off, and I, and I, I drove the van back up to the house. I thought it was gonna blow up. It was bad, bad day, sad day, bad day, in every way. Sad so. day, bad day. All right, well, did not think we're gonna go there, but this has been another episode of the History Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We're excited for the first weekend of NFL preseason. Send us your thoughts. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter to get all of our thoughts and snippets from each and every episode. Thanks again for the page. Uh, and hopefully we'll see you guys next week. Love you. Bye.